0: podcast uh, here with a special we're just gonna call it a winter bonus we're gonna stay away from the holidays because we're too sick and death metal for that and I'm joined uh, by my special co-host and guest for this episode um, my bandmate and more importantly my friend Cody Drasser of Afterbirth welcome back to the Heavy Hole podcast.
1: Hello thanks for having me I I love being on the show it's obviously not often that I am but it's always a treat thank you. Uh, of
0: of course man we love having you man and um uh, i know you you got a busy schedule uh you know you got a, um uh, a lot of family stuff and and uh and, you know you're a hard working guy so we appreciate you making the time on that note um people you know i'm out there with my other projects and the shows and stuff and people ask about afterbirth a lot uh and playing shows we played we played we played some really cool shows this year just like the, what do we do two shows three shows this year
1: um well we just played uh vitus with dysrhythmia yeah in that- september then we played vitus again well previous to that in july with defeated sanity and stabbing um
0: and, more, and when, was
1: mortician this year
0: in like february yeah it was like
1: beginning of march
0: I okay think. all right all right I think man. it was like march 3rd or some something like that yeah. all right that's just that's to show the listeners that i am going senile uh, in my, <laughs> in my older years, but, but yeah, 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 man. Um, that that's a fairly productive year and we dropped the album on everybody. We, we, we recorded the album. We put, we put it out in, but not of Willow Tip records. Everybody knows. Yeah. Um, and on that note, that kind of speaks to why I wanted to get you on here because whenever people shout out to all the people that come up to me and, um, they say they've listened to the album, this or that, they enjoy it. They always want to know something that Cody would answer better than me uh so about the band or about the music or about the about the concept or something and I would say oh yeah my guitarist Cody man he he said that or he he would he thought he came up with this so with that being said uh I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of give you the steering wheel in a few minutes um and and cut my spiel out because I have my own little concepts and things I want to talk about that I contributed here along the way and shout out to Keith and Dave uh Keith yeah, Harris up, our drummer <laughs> of course Keith Harris our drummer and Dave our bass player we're g- we're going to I want to bring them back even maybe for their own um separate uh uh, uh take on this and just kind of suck the whole life out of this album as long as I can <laughs> for my shameless promotion on my podcast but while I got you here Cody um the first question before we get into the Instagram uh follower questions from from Heavy Hole podcast followers uh that were submitted and there are plenty of them I want to start at the beginning with this album uh in, in but not of you 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 said it to me and you kind of related it to me at one point in the rehearsal room and i kind of took it and 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 you know we kept that in mind with the lyrics but where does that come from from you what's the inception of the in but not of concept
1: um it's always been just sort of a, a phrase saying an aphorism whatever you want to call it that i've liked um without you know getting too much into it um i i just thought it would be on a on a on a surface level just sort of like an interesting title for an album um you know i think album titles should be sort of like mysterious um maybe not give you all of the answers or any answers about the musical content within so you know coming at it from that angle and i didn't think about it too much like it wasn't so much like a statement of the band's intention but you know hindsight is 2020 i guess now that the album's out and it's titled in but not of and everyone's talking about it or the people that are talking about it are talking about it and reviewing it and um, putting it on lists and things and sort of reading into it um they're you know hearing the music and comparing it to sort of where we came from, where we might be going, where we might sit within like the pantheon of other brutal death metal bands or just death metal bands in general. Um, so it's, although it was sort of like half clear earlier on in, in like the creative process, I think it's much more crystal clear now that, you know, the title is sort of like a statement that we are, you know, in this genre, perhaps in this specific niche subgenre of brutal death metal. But we're also, you know, we're not quite of it. Um, And that's not to be like upturning our noses. It's not to be, um, um, let's see, discriminating against our past or anything like that. Um, It's just that we're definitely in it, um, but we've sort of like taken ourselves out of it um, just creatively by just moving into different musical fields you know simple as that um so it's a statement but it's also supposed it's a statement of us but it's also just it's just a cool title i think so, so two sides to it i guess it, it definitely when you when you put it
0: on paper and type it out it has a certain feng shui yeah about it. in but not of it's very nice and concise and symmetrical in a way um. Yeah, and and you you kind of you gave that to me. What's when I took it when I, it was when we were actually like, uh, ready to go to to the studio to Colin Marston's studio to record it, and we had the whole body of the songs, and even I think once we were in the studio and and you guys had recorded the instrumentals, it really started occurring to me. Um. In but not it was like we were in I, I I maybe like inverted it a little bit from what from what you said because I was like we were in all these other genres but not of them and it was like afterbirth oh, in yeah. them each time there was this like there I tried to write it out and type it out for the promotion for like the PR for willow tip records to include in whatever PR statements and it just it didn't really come out right I think I gave you something but because I didn't want to I didn't want to directly name check quantum leap. Um yeah. <laughs> and, and and Dr. Sam Beckett traveling through different uh points in time. Because I didn't want I didn't want people to be like, yo, they did a concept album about Quantum Leap. It wasn't that. But no. <laughs> but it just seemed like there was this really cool parallel to like us as a band going into different subgenres of metal and hardcore and whatever else you guys explored. But each time it was afterbirth, and then we hopped out. It was like a season of episodes of that, of the, of quantum afterbirth leap, you know what I mean? (laughs) In in a way, you know, you know, and like, it's not like, it's not like the, again, it's not a concept album about the show Quantum Leap, but like the way, the way Um, they used to do that, you know, that that's all.
1: Yeah. And I think you, well, you definitely mentioned that to me before and I always dug that idea or notion. And also just now you saying like sort of um, phrasing it as like, jumping or being in other genres but not necessarily of them like being afterbirth within a progressive metal genre or being afterbirth within maybe like a post hardcore or a post black metal genre or or whatever you know it's like we're still afterbirth so in that sense we're in um but then we're not really of those other genres specifically um so we're just sort of we're not of them either we're just we're just stopping by and saying hello i guess or something i mean it's more than hello it's definitely you know probably a reach around or something like that you know
0: <laughs> <laughs> um uh, we don't have dave here to confirm so we don't know but uh <laughs> but um uh yeah it, it, that's that was the you know that's the idea like i you know and, and again i don't want to like I don't wanna say anything where people like take like take it and you know think that this cause this is something that we had conceptually from the beginning, the quantum leap thing, or uh, you know, we have to uh-huh. we have to have a hardcore song or a song with a hardcore part. We have to have a more of a gore grind song. It was there was a lot of different we way, ways we went in the months writing this, at one point we were talking about two different albums yeah. and then we were and then we ended up kind of combining them in a way and, and all this sort of thing. But um I uh, don't if there's anything you want to end on with that conversation uh, quickly before we, I'll, I'll give, I'll, I'll give the final word to you kind of in that realm before we get into the listener uh, submitted questions.
1: Um, I don't have anything too much more to add. Um, it's cool to sort of like discuss that with you again. Um, like to hear like your point of view and then mine, like they're, they're basically the same just from like different angles, more or less. Um, I always like, I thought the quantum leap idea you know jumping to and fro from different dimensions or different genres in this case was apt um and and pretty neat but no it's not a a concept album about (laughs) uh the show quantum leap as interesting as that show is or was um it's it's cool to finally like have the the product i guess i hate calling our album a product but um Everything, the songs together, the artwork and the title being finalized and out there. I'm glad that, you know, we took it all the way from just discussions in the rehearsal room to to its completion. It's a lot of work to do that stuff. Um, you know, I have friends who play, but not necessarily play in bands with other people. They just sort of like maybe jam drums in their garage or they noodle around on the guitar. And they're always like, I don't know how you guys, let alone any band can like get three, four, five, six people in a room consistently and like write music that you guys all remember and like more or less to continue on enough to do it. And like, not argue like so much that you would like disband and all that stuff. And I'm like, it's pretty wild that we can do that. Um, So it's great that we were able to put out a third album, you know, from these very early, conversations, you know, in the rehearsal room with these like musical sketches. And now here we are talking about it. So I'm always really proud of that, you know, so. Yeah,
0: I, I think I think we had in terms of concepts, we had the most concepts that we were trying to juggle and mix in somehow that made sense out of any like, you know, you know what I mean? Like out of any <laughs> of the the other albums we've done, like it was like it felt like this one there was we definitely want we had a and a few of them are left on the back burner for future plans, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, which, Definitely. you know, we can get into. All right, man. So with that being said, the first um, uh, listener submission submitted question I got off of Instagram here is from Su- uh, suffer Nathan. Um, Love, nice name Yeah, (laughs) I still have, thank you for listening And for your support, Suff and Nathan I still have the Afterbirth live stream From Don't Get Out of Bed Fest On regular YouTube rotation I live in Oregon, so it's probably the closest I'll get to seeing you play live Is there any chance that you guys might do another Live stream type of event in the future It would be awesome to see you guys Play the new album, or at least a few tracks from it So that's what I'm asking Santa for this Christmas um, thank you very much for listening and for uh, watching and checking that out. Um, well, I could say I'll, I'm going to pass it to you in a second, Cody, but we don't, we nothing is booked. There is no, like the, right now the album is out and we're kind of kicking around some ideas. I know maybe you and Keith have been doing the noodlings of some newer material, but I, yeah. we're, we don't have any future live stream plans at the moment, but I'll pass it to you then. Um, if you want to touch on that, cause it is something we've discussed a little
1: yeah, um, so we did the get don't get out of bed fest, and that seemed to be a great experience for us. I thought the video and the audio came out like pretty good, like really good. Um, it's got a lot of views on YouTube. Um, made some rounds on Facebook and stuff like that. I would love to do another stream, whether it's like like live, like in the moment live, or you know, just sort of like pre-recorded another set of different songs um that include some from the new album as well as you know four dimensional flesh and time travelers that would be cool in the demo i'm i'm totally down for that i would be more than happy to do that i think it would be a lot of fun i think it'd be very cool um so perhaps indirectly i'm saying yes to the question that we will do that but um no concrete plans as of yet. And I guess just keep your eyes peeled for, you know, news of that sort. If you're, if you're into the live stuff that we did, you know, there'll be more of it in the future. I'll guarantee you that just no, no date or anything like that.
0: Yeah. I think that's fair to say we have to be kind of vague at this point, but I think um, it's fair to say that we do acknowledge how supportive people have been of that video and that it was a great, um experience that we would that we would definitely want to do again going forward um yeah. so uh uh with that being said we'll move on and let's uh you never know we might make it out to Oregon one day future's wide open who knows would um, be fun um, i've know. been
1: i've been there a couple times to Oregon and i i, I really enjoy that part of the country
0: mm-hmm.
1: um i would i would live in that part of the country you know if, <laughs> yeah. if if i could you know maybe or maybe i will one day i don't know it's uh, not gonna happen tomorrow but
0: the cool um, to get out there. dude yeah the pacific northwest uh is a it's a, it's like an enchanting place if you grew up on long island <laughs> you know what i mean it's yeah. it's something different it's, it's it's exotic uh it's exotic in a carhartt way um <laughs> so, i have
1: my carhartt jacket and pants ready to go you yeah, know dude. and my boots and everything so
0: <laughs> yeah dude um all right you're so, wearing a
1: carhartt shirt
0: right now i dude i got i'm like all carhartt now man because they um <laughs> Uh, I don't know what they did. They 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 they, they, w- they went they went big and tall, man. They got all their stuff in the big and tall stores now. But um, be- before we turn this episode of Heavy Hole Podcast <laughs> into another Will talking about big and tall man's clothes uh, <laughs> twenty minute segment, um, <laughs> let's say thank you to Seth and Nathan for your co- for your contribution. Next question. It's our old buddy Jimmy from the block.
1: Oh, hey Jimmy. Yeah. Nice. Always good to hear from him.
0: Yeah, longtime supporter. Um, death metal collector and uh, um, YouTube content creator, J- <laughs> Jimmy from the Block what do you think after birth in the 90s of course he's got of course he's going back you know Jimmy he's not Jimmy's like Jimmy probably didn't even hear the new album Jimmy he, he just he with the day the new album came out Jimmy just played psychopathic Embryotomy and went to bed <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding Jimmy uh Jimmy says what do you think after birth in the 90s would have been after 1995 do you think uh at that current time it'd go in its current form of nineties post sound or more traditional brutal death metal like their demos. Also, hi Will, uh big fan. What's up, Jimmy? I'm just kidding, buddy.
1: <laughs> um nice question. Um, you know, I I don't harbor any regrets about how afterbirths um timeline played out, but I do think about things like this quite a bit. Um of course, the question can't be answered like exactly. I don't really know what would have happened. Um, I can say with some certainty that we would have been more traditional brutal death. I don't know if progressive would have been like a part of like our our language or our, our musical arsenal. Um, death metal was not in its infancy, you know, when we broke up, but it was not yet as wild and eclectic and I don't know, he, dare I say like forgiving um, at the point. Also, you know, mentally I wasn't there. We were doing like some very heavy stuff. I um, I, re- I do have, you know, some misgivings that we never got to record, like another professional demo or, or our album because we were working on some new stuff that I still think about. Um, you know, those songs are gone forever. I could, I don't, you know, I wouldn't know how to even play them. I don't even really remember them, but I was really, I was really um, pumped on the music we were doing. It was just like psychopathic, but it was, you know, a step up or five steps up from that, whatever you want to call it. Um, More brutal, probably faster, more complex, I think, you know, a a more complex form of brutal death metal that the demo offered, psychopathic demo offered. Um, So I think we would have, we would have taken that path um it would have been psychopathic embryotomy like it wouldn't have been a clone of that demo but it it would have been more complex a little bit more robust probably more mature than the demo i'm hoping it would have maybe sounded a little bit more clear and concise too we would have maybe um grown up a little bit in the studio and thought more about the the end result of the product we were creating um so I, I think that that's my thought on that.
0: Yeah. Um and you know, respect I, I could speculate, but respectfully I'm gonna just leave it there with you. Um because I wasn't there. Um yeah. uh, so moving on, thank you, Jimmy. Uh Jimmy from the block. Um <clears throat> and for people who don't know uh, look for Jimmy on his YouTube channel. He he does a lot of uh, uh content related to uh, this kind of brutal '90s death metal and brutal death metal in general. Um, and speaking of another content creator, uh, we have the Necrosexual, um, former Wait. guest, another former <laughs> guest. We should say Jimmy was a guest of the show at one point too. Quite J- Jimmy, Jimmy slow walked an aging senile big will through what memes are and how they how they relate to social media for (laughs) bands at one point a few years ago (laughs) um but another uh former guest the necrosexual um we're gonna have him on again uh to talk about his bands very soon or probably maybe already have by the time this goes on but he says okay here's 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 a good one for you cody what do you consider the craziest riff of all time
1: Mm. all right um I don't have a specific answer for that, Um, because, I mean, what's the definition of crazy? Um, Crazy could mean a lot of things to a lot of people. Um, There are riffs or albums that I I think about a lot, even if I don't like listen to as regularly as I used to, um, where I'm just like, I I just don't know how they did it. even if I could maybe sit down and figure it out, like I'm just, I'm not going to, but, um, like when I listen to or think about pretty much anything I'm pierced from within, I just think it's, it's so wild to me, um, from a technical standpoint from, um, like an endurance standpoint and from like an imaginative creative standpoint, it's, um. I, I don't know if I've said this to you before, but I've said it to other people, like Pierce From Within kind of sounds, and I'm using this term loosely because conceptually this album is not that, but it's almost like science fiction in the sense that it's a future that was promised and never came. Um, and what I mean by that is Suffocation wrote an album and no one else has been able to write an album like that since. Um, it's just so out there. Um, which is not to say there aren't bands or albums that I like just as much as Pierce from within or suffocation, but I'm still, I'm still waiting. I'm not with bated breath, but I'm still waiting for an album to hit me like that. Um, And maybe I will never hear an album like that again because a lot of it had to do with like the zeitgeist of death metal at the time and and my youth and like being like very impressionable and that being like a formative time for me. But um, that just sounds, that's like just the craziest thing I've ever heard because I've never heard anything like it since. I don't expect anyone to make an album like that either. Um, Other crazy things. And again, sort of of another album from that time period was um, anything Human Remains had done, like especially uh, using Sickness as a Hero, that short little album slash EP. Um, they were, again, ahead of their time, not doing anything like anybody else. Um, it's crazy to me. Um, crazy from um, an imaginative sense, again, but also from like a technical standpoint, like um, like just the rapid fire volume swells that they were doing. Mm. Um and and the insanity of the riffs. I've I've never heard anything like that. It's just, it's very bizarre, very crazy. Um, I'll leave it at that, you know, those are maybe not the be all end all of crazy riffs for me, but like pierced from Within by Suffocation and Using Sickness as a Hero by Human Remains are some of the most craziest things I've heard. Maybe I'll throw in, Oh, mostly anything by portal and anything by ulcerate um just i those those bands and their music is just crazy i've not heard anything like those bands are doing
0: um mm, um yeah the, i mean those four bands definitely are, have their own take on things and and you know when you had P- portal um and ulcerate i'm not as familiar with their catalogs i i do know those bands and and um uh, have heard them and, and actually seen both of those bands play live through the years uh very yeah. impressive acts uh but obviously human remains and suffocation hitting a little bit more to my like um uh comfort zone of of when I was first even getting into all this stuff uh as, as a teenager you know like like most of us probably from this area and and, and all that um and mm-hmm. yeah, the, yeah, I can't I couldn't think of two better examples I mean just kind of like setting the ground where i like what you said about how it was like Never followed up. You know what I mean? Like it just, it, it, it just kind of set this precedent, and it's still, you like what? You could find a lot of weird experimental stuff and a lot of cool out, but like what really ever followed up using sickness as a hero? You know what I mean? It's just a stand, it, it stands alone. Not, not to say that it should compete with anything. It's art, but it just stands alone. Um and the necrosexual followed up with maybe a little bit more of a um specific uh, type of question. Uh, He says, "Bonus question: What is the hardest riff afterbirth or otherwise that you ever learned?"
1: Um, I, I guess I don't have like specific afterbirth riffs or songs. In general, most of the songs we play and write give me some level of anxiety <laughs> because. Um, sometimes if there's like a a weird rapid fire transition um especially in like if you're going from something like very like fast and blurry into something a little bit more clean and open you know if you don't nail the landing um it doesn't sound good um so there's there's like just a smattering of rips like all over the place um but honestly like one of the first thing that first songs that comes to my mind and I don't know why, you know, you have relationships with songs for whatever reason. I'm, I'm sure you do. Um, <laughs> like, you're like, oh, God, it's this song. Or, oh, sick, it's this song. I can't wait to play it. <laughs> um, for some reason, when we play uh, drills and needles, it's challenging for me. Um, I don't know what it is. Part of it is the music, you know, the riffs that I wrote. Part of it is, it it is sort of like a schizophrenic song in a way, and I'm always worried that the other guys you dave and keith won't be on your toes when we play that song of course you guys are always on your toes but i just have this like bottom of my brain worry that it it just won't (laughs) it won't work out for some reason it's just it's kind of hard for me to play and i guess my my own relationship with the song unnecessarily like is projected outwards
0: so yeah i I can uh, definitely understand that. And I like that, what you just said about have you have relationships with songs. Uh, that's so true, man. There are definitely, and I, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to get into specifics because um, it's kind of embarrassing. But there are certain songs where I'm like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. or like if somebody if you're in the group text and somebody's like hey let's switch up the set list and put this song in and everyone else is down and you're just like oh <laughs> i'm sure <Yeah>. there's <laughs> there, there's i'm sure there like there's a lot of times drummers will be like no nah, can we not play those two songs back to back you know what i mean or can we not open up with that song that has like blast beats for a minute straight you
1: know <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah you know we've definitely had you know text messages like that within the group and I've certainly um all respect in the world to Keith. Keith has definitely said something similar, like can we not play those two songs in a row? And you know and like I get it, you know. Yeah, dude. I've
0: well I and well if <laughs> in all due respect, then I'll admit that I've um uh there there was one song that I definitely was not up on like the last time we played a show and I I, I, I pulled a can we please card. And we switched it out with something else. But um yeah. but this is going too far, Cody. This this podcast is over the line already, man. We gotta we gotta go out of this topic. <laughs> I don't like this road that we're going down. Um shout to the necrosexual. Uh uh, thank you for your your submission. And then we got um oh boy. This is uh a little bit harder for um jonas van brussel i'm gonna say that uh is is his name on instagram on on gilead project i don't uh uh obvious obviously this man um speaks more languages than i so uh he wins <laughs> but i cannot pronounce that so um jonas van brussel uh your question was did the reception of the new album open up new possibilities for afterbirth yet Labels slash touring wise it would be sick to see you guys in europe thank you man um uh, again i'll just pass it right off to
1: you man okay um so the reception for in but not of has been you know pretty widespread um i've seen more people talk about this album than our previous two and I, you know i think i saw like a fair amount of talk about time travelers no one expected that so there wasn't like quite a big quite as big of a, a buzz or um a reception to it four dimensional flesh a little bigger than that um i think it could have had more you know stuff going on with the label maybe affected that but i we don't need to get into that and then in but not of has been not just a step up from four dimensional flesh but like i mean just like another just another level i feel like we leveled up with this one um so the reception has been to in my opinion like really nothing short of amazing we've gotten just a lot of too many I can't even keep track of them like a lot of great reviews a lot of people just posting pictures of the album online just saying how much they like the album from old school fans or even a lot of pa- fans have just found us out um so the reception has been nothing short of amazing for me so I'm trying to like take it all in stride be humble about it but it is bigger than the other albums so it's hard not to get like multiple surges of like dopamine as i scroll through the (laughs) internet and see you know a lot of people talking about it and as far as opportunities go um you know nothing necessarily but i feel like people are taking notice and i feel like as is often the case with the universe there's probably things underneath like the chaos that are being worked on that will like reveal themselves in the future and whatever that means, whether it is like the opportunity to go to a foreign country and play shows or, Hey, you know, metal blade buys out our contract with Willow tip (laughs) or something like that. Um, although, uh, all due respect to other labels, I, I feel so at home and comfortable with Willow tip. I don't know if if I'd want to go anywhere else. Um, As far as like label representation it's just a good place for us right now um so i could say that there there there's definitely the potential for more opportunities um like the iron is hot i guess people are taking more notice and i feel like there's more possibilities uh whether they're happening right now or you know they'll happen a year or two from now i just feel like more things can or could happen with this album release than in previous, um, album cycles. So, um, yeah, something like that. Fair enough, man.
0: Yeah. And, um, yeah, all I would say is, is, is just, just to to try to try to be fair, um, with the label that we were on, uh, that put out the first two albums, I think we kind of reached a crossroads where their, their business model and, um, the way, the way they do things and the bands, the, the way, the bands that they work with in general and a lot of the bands you know who are still friends of ours and bands that i play shows with with my other bands and bands that we play you know um they work off of a different business model and a different way of doing things in afterbirth afterbirth is not a touring band afterbirth doesn't rent a van and go out for a month at a time um we're a rehearsal room a studio a writing band we play a few carefully curated shows a year um you know and that's with with respect to uh people's personal lives and people's careers and things like that you know and that's and and all I'm saying is that certain labels um the way their whole stream of doing things relies on bands that are touring bands that are uh working in different markets and and things like that I think with willow tip the transition here, um, what we're doing and what Willow Tip is looking for out of us—it just suits everybody a lot better, uh. You know, so I, I just yeah. wanted to say respectfully, it's it's all business, um, and it's all yeah. about um, business and communication and uh, people being on the same page. So you know, respectfully, it's just uh, you know, thing things things are just a lot more suitable um for everybody now, and Willow Tip has been. Uh, so enthusiastic and supportive and behind this project. Um, And let us, I mean, you know, when we submitted that album, you, you know, before we got all the feedback from the album, before people heard it, before the label even heard it, it was just us and Colin in, in the studio. You know, that- there was those thoughts in my head like, did you know? Did we push it a little too far for some people at some points? Is this gonna is this gonna be the album? I don't want to name specifics from the nineties, but you know, when those death metal bands put out the weird album, you know what I mean, man. That some of those guys did that, but um. When we sent it to the label, you know they were totally supported. They were they were be- behind it hundred um, percent. It was great, man. They you know the whole the whole process was awesome. So I I just want to agree with what you said about Willow Tip, and just kind of just for people who are curious about the behind the scenes stuff, um, you, you know that's in general. And you know I I don't want to go on too big of a tangent, Cody. I know this is this is your episode. I just I just want to say though. Go ahead. I um, want
1: to hear what you have to say.
0: When well, just like some sometimes younger people like younger artists. Um, they'll be like, uh, you know, I, I want to submit my stuff to a la- or, 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 or this is my favorite. Could you, sh- could you send my band's demo or my band's EP to your label? Um, uh, you know, re- regarding and I'm not even talking about Willow Tip or any, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in a few different bands now, you know what I mean? That are lucky to work with labels, but what I would say is, um, Labels notice what what you do and what you, and like you got to notice what the label does, like you know what I mean. You got to notice what kind of bands they're working with, what kind of support they give those bands, what you're looking for, and they notice more you going out and putting in the work, um, and and that sort sort of thing, man. It's you know it's I don't know, man. I I, I just. Okay. I, 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 for the behind the scenes part of it, a lot of the, with your favorite with your favorite label, if all the bands that are on that label are touring six months out of the year and hitting all the festivals, and they're working with booking agents, um, the label might not necessarily just sign you because you recorded an album that you know sounds good. If you're not out there playing the shows and doing the merchandising and the social media, um, you know you can't just expect to backdoor your demo into a label somehow because you know a guy. You know, yeah. and it's and I and I'm not even saying like I'm that guy like I'm big shit, um. But just just because you know a friend who has some indie label or some underground label put out their CD, you know it's it's not as easy as that because there's a dozen other people trying to do that. So before I get too far into my like old man, uh, soap <laughs> soapbox, stop sending me demos thing. Um, but always feel free to send me stuff for Heavy whole podcast. Um, if you want, um, I'm just not, I'm just not going to get you signed to any labels directly. So, uh, thank you very much to, um, Jonas van Brussel, uh, for uh, checking in with that question, man. We appreciate it. And hopefully we'll see you over there in Europe. Um, great! Another hard one. Um, we got, uh, Xander, uh, who's, um, Instagram is upshukanaku. If I said it right, favorite alternative rock and shoegaze records. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I have, I have a few hot ones that I'll get into. But we all know this question's for you, Cody.
1: Yeah. Favorite alternative rock and shoegaze. So, so obviously, I'm a big fan of. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of '90s music. Um whatever type, you know, whether it's like alt rock or like late nineties, like sort of like newly emergent new metal, like, you know, um, I don't know. That was exciting. It it was as exciting as like death metal was to me. Cause like, I don't know, bands had like unique qualities across the board. When it first started, they had unique imagery you know, that's until like the machinery of capitalism takes it all in and spits it all out. And then it's all the same, like a a year or two later. Um, I think like immediately, like my first answer for like favorite alternative rock album, it's going to be like the obvious stuff. Like I'm dude, I'm going to just say, you know, you'd prefer an astronaut by Hum. I'm going to say that I'm going to say fantastic planet by failure. Um, those are just like peak you know alternative rock albums and, or alternative space rock albums we want to call them um it's in the shoegaze thing so while i i love shoegaze and i i appreciate it like i only listen to like a handful of like bands that would be called shoegaze and like the bands i like might have like shoegaze elements but You know, like I like Slow Dive as much as anyone else, but, you know, maybe I'm not like the biggest Slow Dive fan, which has nothing to do with Slow Dive. It's just I was listening to other things. Um, Obviously, like the benchmark for that is My Bloody Valentine, Loveless. I like that album a lot. Um, I think I don't want to go off on a tangent, but as much as I like that album, I think people say they like that album more than they actually like it as as (laughs) as much of a milestone it is and as much as i like it i'm like it's cool i have a couple other things i'd rather listen to um my whole thing with like shoegaze sounding stuff was i come from like more of like an ambient side of it like i was listening to a lot of ambient music noise music that to me like sounded shoegazy and colorful and i was like I just wanna make my guitar sound like that. Um, not necessarily coming from a, a spot where I'm like, oh, I want it to sound like shoegaze. I'm like, I want it to sound like colorful, crunchy, ambient noise. But anyway, I'm, I'm sort of like going off on a tangent there. So favorite alternative rock record. So I mentioned Hum, I mentioned Failure. Um, there's an album that like, I listen to like pretty frequently that I don't really hear many people talking about. <clears throat> It's a band uh, called Smile. They put out like one, they put out two albums, I think, but one more well-known album um, based off purely like one single. I think the album is called Mackie or McKee, M-A-Q-U-E-E. They had a song called uh, Staring at the Sun, um, which is probably the only song people that are like casual fans of the band would maybe remember, but like the whole album is just pretty wild. It's like fuzzy, it's punky, it's just weird. It... It feels of the time, like they would, no one could make an album like that right now. Um, It's a lot of fun. It's just sort of a strange album to listen to. Um, So as far as like nineties bands go, like I'll say that. And the great thing is there's actually a lot of bands that younger bands, people that are probably half my age that maybe just discovered stuff like that, like a few years ago. And they're, they're doing stuff like that now. So there's like um, a whole crop of like similar alternative rock bands that are like coming up that I dig, you know, Um, like, let's see, let me try to remember. uh, There's a band called Narrowhead, um, there's a band called Shiner, who's actually not new. Um, They've been around for a while. Um, There's a lot of new stuff. But I guess I'll just leave it at that for now. But I'd love to hear your take on that. Um, Yeah, well, it's
0: again, it's not not necessarily my wheelhouse, obviously, as much as metal. But what I would say is, um, I'm you know I'm from the '90s too. I grew up on like the the grunge scene and that sort of thing. And as I got older, I always kind of I would go back and explore like you know the earlier Soundgarden albums. And I still think like Pearl Gems. Uh, You know, their first two albums still stand the test of time uh, for me personally. (laughs) Stone Temple Pilots' first album is a really amazing, hard rock, veering on metal at times. Dude, Core. I'm such a
1: big fan of Core. Like
0: You got to give it, I mean, in in a Black Sabbath heavy kind of, just it's a heavy album.
1: Really? Yeah.
0: And it's a dark album. And then they follow it up with Purple, which is just like this... I don't I don't even know how to begin to describe it. You know, I mean it's like cornucopia of different sounds and like a like a kind of a production wet dream of, you know, all these different techniques and different vibes. And it's it's crazy, man. They they really put out some gold. Their their third album I didn't really get into as much, but their their first two albums are, are like amazing. And um but if I mean if you go a little bit deeper, the the two things I would bring up are the band Sugar Tooth who yeah. I was fortunate enough to interview several months ago over the summer when they put out their brand-new album, their first in many years. People can go back and check that out. Um, they were a great band that was underrated and kind of got well-known for their their song Sold My Fortune that was featured on an episode of Beavis and Butthead. We talked all about it <laughs> with uh, um, uh, Mark uh, from the band. Um, and um, But they're, they're a really great band. They put out an album, the self-titled album. Then they put out... Um, the sound of solid in the late nineties, which was kind of like starting to experiment with more of that hip hop, not not new metal, but like that more like uh, sample hip-hop kind of thing that was creeping into all elements of rock and popular music in the late 90s like right. like like people that had no business having a drum loop in their in their songs would have a drum loop out of nowhere in the late 90s because hip-hop was just starting to take over everywhere like um yeah. they they did a not to say that but you know they did some interesting stuff um with uh with sampling and and they kind of did that and then their, their new album is just kind of way more aggressive and and metal sugar tooth a great band um mm-hmm. and uh i i don't know that you they they fall in they recently i know did shows with sunny day real estate when sunny day real oh, estate nice. was making yeah. the rounds but um apple sunny day real estate first of all is a whole conversation yeah but the Appleseed cast are you familiar with them
1: Uh, I know of their, I know of the band. I think I've definitely heard tunes here and there. I'm not like super familiar with them. With a
0: lot of the stuff you bring up, um, they have a lot of like shoegaze qualities. Uh, and they're, I mean, you know, the, these bands, they kind of get lumped in with, the, I think Jade Tree Records was one of the labels that put out a okay. lot of that stuff. That emo, I know that label. You know, sure. that that 90s emo promise ring, that stuff. But like mm-hmm. Apple Seat Cast was, you know, I, I could definitely see them being in that, in that you know, with, with those kind of bands, but they were very noisy and experimental um, and strange. They're... The End of the Ring Wars is a great album uh, from the 90s. I don't know their whole catalog as much as I know a few things that I listened to back in the late 90s and early 2000s when they were uh, um, doing their thing. And they put out a compilation of unreleased stuff in the early 2000s called Lost Songs that I've always okay. jammed a lot over the years. Like I said, there's a lot of really straight... Sometimes they'll bring in like a uh, wind instrument of some sort of horn or something. They, they, they do a lot of different stuff. And it's very washy and shoegazy in a a lot of ways, man. Good band, but maybe more associated with that kind of 90s um, original emo scene than like the the alternative uh, scene or the indie rock scene or or whatever we were kind of originally talking about. But to bring it back um, right now, I'm just looking up our next uh, um, question. Hold on. Give me one second here. Mm -hmm. Lost the page. Let's Do your thing. So uh going in order, thank you to I'm gonna try to say it again, up Upshuckin' Aku. Um that would be Xander on uh Instagram. <coughs> Next uh question is from uh, <laughs> life coach, pandemonium, um, Ezra Hecht, long time listener and supporter. Um, we definitely appreciate Ezra Hecht on the podcast says new trend in death metal seems to be influenced from classic Prague uh, with the afterbirth record, new tomb uh, with the afterbirth record, new tomb mold record. Um, nike, nike Hill see citing Genesis as a big influence Uh, for anal stab wound etc pushing the genre Mm -hmm. forward what do you see next time for extreme music and what new directions do you want to explore as a songwriter in the context of brutal and heavy music
1: Hmm. a lot going on in that question yeah um i can never really predict what trends or movements will occur in death metal i i am not like the oracle for that. Um, I think death metal in general is a genre that's like restless and desires progression, whether it it whatever that means for the genre. Um, death metal is is happy to stay as it is in some areas, like. You know, meat and potatoes death metal will always be a thing. And there will always be people opening up their arms and their hearts to meat and potatoes death metal. And that's fine. Um, But death metal also is like a it's almost like a restless spirit. It wants more. It always wants more. Um, I don't quite know if it's going to, like, move in any one specific direction more than the next guy. Like, I don't know what you think. I don't know what Dave thinks. I don't know. Um, I can't see death metal, like not progressing and incorporating more aspects of like every other kind of music at some point, you know, it might stop being like few metal or true death metal. Um, but I think progressive rock, alternative rock, um, even some aspects of like new metal, like those are, those are pretty ripe for like death metal to like assimilate into its, um, into its body you know take it in take it in and do something with it and like spit it back out in some weird hybrid mutant form um as it is doing um it's really just a question of like which bands are going to pop up or which bands exist now and like how far are they going to push it at some point um like you could push it so far that like the band becomes not death metal i'm not saying that we're not going to stop being death metal or whatever but i'm sure some bands will do that um kind of like how some bands in the 90s the the whole death and roll thing when it was they these bands like maybe entombed or zizmo or some other bands they just they were playing death metal but then they wanted to do like something else they were restless they were young they were creatively hungry and they took it in another direction and some of those bands like they're like putting out stuff that wasn't death metal at all really you know it was maybe heavy and aggressive but you couldn't say it was death metal Um, you know, when Pestilence put out Spheres, like it was still death metal, but it was like so whacked out and weird at the time, you know, people weren't like ready for it. So that'll still happen too. like bands will take it in directions that people aren't ready for. Um, you know, what we did just now and other bands, I don't know, death metal is like kind of ready for it. Um, you know, more, more progressive elements, more disparate elements being sort of absorbed into it. And I guess it also depends on the band's talents and abilities to take it and make it unique and original and still somewhat keeping within the confines of death metal. Um, I forgot what the second part of that question was. Um, I think, was it something about what we wanted to do as a band? Was that like the last part of the question?
0: uh what new directions do you want to explore as a songwriter in the context okay. of brutal and heavy music
1: okay yeah um well speaking personally um i guess i just want to take this as far as we can i don't quite know if there's like an end goal at least not for me i just like i listen to a lot of music i know you do i know dave and keith they also listen to a lot of music um how much of what we like outside of death metal could we incorporate could we get away with (laughs) and still be called you know death metal um one way to some extent or another um i would like to maybe there's a lot i want to do i'd like to write um some more even longer epic tracks you know kind of like the title track of in but not of i'd like to you know do something where maybe it's not like a long concept song itself but maybe it it just takes that like trippy journey vibe not journey the band but like a journey like (laughs) you're listening to a song that's really taking you somewhere i'd like to explore that idea a little bit more um where it goes from maybe past long passages into another passage and it just flows and it's maybe like a song that's not like schizophrenically pieced together like a Frankenstein monster, but it all makes sense. Um, I'd like to incorporate maybe more ambient stuff into some of the things we do. I'd like to explore like other genres. Um, Like I have a song that's like pretty doomy. You know, it's a doom song. We haven't really like touched upon that genre too much in our music, we might have slow parts, but I have one song that's like full on doom. I don't know how that would translate once I bring it into the studio. We'll we'll see, but I'm, I'm excited about that at some point, you know, whenever we get around to it, maybe, you know, more electronic music somehow incorporated into it. I'm, I'm being vague and wishy-washy because I don't have any like specific direction. I'm just, I'm always listening to a lot of music and thinking, how could I put some of this into afterbirth and would it make sense? incorporating this into afterbirth so we'll just have to see what happens
0: yeah um and the there's a few things there that i wanted to kind of uh bounce back with um i guess the first i would say is uh with all due respect of course to to matt duncan um, rest in peace the original singer of afterbirth I often look at the material you guys are writing and see my job as the vocalist to stay in that brutal guttural territory that Matt pioneered. Matt was, mm-hmm. in, in all reality, the, vocal, the guttural vocals I do, the, um, the gurgle vocals, really were influenced on me when I was 14 or 15 by hearing the psychopathic embryotomy demo. Yeah. Um, and then later on demolich and, and other people but um you know so when i well, you know uh, uh, when when i do other types of vocal styles for afterbirth um it's not just off the cuff you know it's a decision because i i try to incorporate those frog like kind of guttural vocals throughout the album and make that the dominant vocal style i bring that up because i've seen a few comments and gotten a few people talking about the vocals and um, maybe the vocals aren't as, uh, progressive as the rest of the material. Um, I know the vocals, it's, it's, you know, polarizing and it's, you know, it's definitely a dem- demonstrable, you know, um, uh, that, you know, the vocals keep some people from really enjoying the band. Uh, but I... And I, you know, I'm not I'm not trying to flex or anything, but at this point in my life, if you know, and you could go check out my other bands, if if, if you don't believe (laughs) me, I could lace up the whole Afterbirth album with more throaty traditional death metal vocals or screams or hardcore vocals or wherever you want to go with it. You know what I mean? But I I feel that would be doing a disservice to the Afterbirth legacy. The guttural uh-huh. vocals are something that really is always set afterbirth aside and contributed to the psychopathic embryotomy demo having that legacy. So if I'm gonna be the the singer of afterbirth and be you know the the guttural vocals have to be the dominant vocal style. So I just want to say that because um, it kind of came to my mind in terms of like a like an artistic choice and you know people um, it being polarizing and and people may be saying that it's not as experimental as the rest of you guys on the new album. That's why I feel like if anything, maybe it's a little bit of my responsibility to anchor it into that traditional afterbirth territory, sometimes vocally.
1: Yeah, Um, I agree. You know, if I could just piggyback on that, like I totally agree with you and okay. The vocals are polarizing for some, Um it's it's just like a subjective preference you know some people just can't get past them like i don't hold it against them no no um it's it is what it is um you know vocally i don't really try to give you too much feedback or anything so you know to answer that question in regards to vocals um you know i'm always down for like whatever you want to do and like you usually do like what's right for the music um if you wanted to like go off on like a weird death metal version of mike Patton on the next album you know like you know find like five more voices within you in addition to like all the guttural stuff and have like like a table full of effects and like bells and whistles like i'm that's fine you know if you wanted to if you wanted to do that if you think like the music needs that um you you'll do the thing that you think is best for it you know as far as vocally and like who knows what you'll do on the next release you know full-length release you know in regards to like the music that you'll have to like lay your voice over but keeping the brutal uh the gurgly brutal vocals like of course like like i think those vocals like need to be an afterbirth um you know that's just part of our sound um and you find ways to incorporate them all over the place and then you're like well not in this part i'm gonna do something different that's fine you know and you'll keep doing that you know, whatever works best. Yeah,
0: man. Um, that that that. Yeah, I, I don't want. I don't want to add too much more to that, man. But yeah, I appreciate that, and um, that's something with Afterbirth that we've, uh, you know, I think we all kind of click and do our part. Um, and if you like it, you like it. You don't, you don't. But we're, you know, we we all in the rehearsal room, um, uh, kind of know know what we're doing. I think, and what's expected. Um. So, but moving forward. Uh, oh wait, I, yeah, there was just one other thing I wanted to say, because there was all that talk about progressive music and yeah. death metal. I mean, I just want to make the point that going back, even uh, look at Nocturnus. Um, arguably, if not the first, one of the first bands to do the space thing, um, and also yeah. one of the first bands to heavily incorporate synthesizers uh, into their whole sound, not just as an intro to the album right. or something, um, they you know they had their fair share of criticism and people that let that prevent them from liking the music back when they first came on the scene in the nineties, and now I think they are starting to really get their recognition uh, as Nocturnus AD and as people go back and explore those older albums mm-hmm. and as the the sci-fi and space death metal thing is kind of going wide now and there's a big market for that. Uh, so you know, it's it's like what is death metal? You know, the other the, the last thing I just wanted to make the point about that was that uh, um, that conversation is uh, like you you know you said like is it death metal anymore? Like there's certain things like is it. Um you know, there's bands now that are kind of like deathcore, where it's just very simplified beatdown, breakdown riffs and death metal vocals and, like, occasionally a, maybe a blast beat or some double bass. And, like, is it death metal anymore at that point? Or is it, like, some form of deathcore? Is that all mm-hmm. just an argument that depends on my age and my perspective and younger people's age and their perspective, you know? Or then you have, like artists like Necro and other artists that that like sample death metal or have beats that kind of sound like death metal but that's not death metal but it is taking you know it's part of the spectrum of the whole thing so it's like yeah you know you know it depends how far you, now you, nowadays you have bands like defeated sanity um uh and you know the, he mentioned that new two-mold album there you know the progressive music fusing into death metal just seems natural um yeah you know absolutely it was it doesn't seem as natural like you can't you know i mean i'm sure you could try i'd love to hear it but you know fusing hip-hop into death metal doesn't really come as naturally fusing um different types of you know music from around the world folk music ethnic music whatever from around the world doesn't always go as naturally into death metal though it can be interesting at times um but the whole kind of like you know maha vishnu orchestra 70s prague you know yes Uh, um, all those you know, that for some reason, that kind of works with death metal in a way if you come at it from like a, you know, point, but but there is groundwork from it with cynic and atheist and death uh, throughout the 90s. It's just that the brutal scene and the really dark, um, you know, metal death metal scene obviously is like the dominant culture. So I'll leave it there before I pontificate too much. And Cody, you've been generous with your time um, so I'm going to speed this along and make sure we finish okay. up the last few questions here, uh, right, let's go. quickly. So thank you to life coach, pandemonium, Ezra Heck, longtime listener and supporter of the podcast. Uh, we're going to move along extreme death memes. Um, this is a gr- this is a good one. Uh, I'll let you go first. Ghostbusters,
1: Ninja turtles, or
0: Thundercats.
1: <laughs> okay. Fuck Thundercats. That shit is fucking dumb. Whoa. Reckless, <laughs> reckless, reckless. reckless. Okay. Also, I'm only gonna have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles be in the conversation if you're talking about like the original like comics from like 87 mm. by like Eastman and Laird, because the cartoon and the movies are whack <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want any part of it. So original comics and then as far as Ghostbusters. Just the movie, just one Don't talk to me about Ghostbusters 2 Don't talk to me about uh, The cartoon, you know None of that stuff Damn (laughs) I guess I'm gonna go Ghostbusters Original movie, and that's it
0: Cody going Cody going Scrooge McDuck On everybody (laughs) for Christmas Bro Fuck, (laughs) dude Kill that question Look, I got this from back in the day
1: Dude Yeah. Yeah
0: I don't know how I obtained this when I was a kid. Ninja Turtles, book three. Which, let's see. Just, just bear with me. I just want to see if it lists what this actually is. It's a reprint of probably a few of those uh, comics. Um, it's this is some, Yeah, it's definitely some original Ninja Turtles stuff here, man. But, um... Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. All right. I, we won't spend too much time on that. But, yeah, the original Ninja Turtles. I right, saw so Cody said fuck everybody who <laughs> <It> was born... <laughs> uh um uh within uh four or five years after him because all that shit is my childhood
1: uh that's the thing you know it's like you know i was i was born a certain time you were born a certain time the guy answering asking the question born a certain time so he's just coming at it from a different angle i'm coming at it from a different angle yeah uh, I, you know, well but just to you know <laughs> Whatever you like is fine. Like Thundercats, yeah. When I was a kid, I watched Thundercats. Like it was definitely interesting, <laughs> you know. Same thing with the, you know, TMNT. It's like I watched the cartoons a little bit. Snarf. But then I started getting a little old for it, and well, I mean,
0: well, that's the root of the question: is what stands the test of time?
1: Yeah. So, uh, Ghostbusters, the, the yeah. original movie.
0: I got to go with you on that, because and, and, because yeah. it, it's like all those things were hot when I was ten. I get it, but it's Mm -hmm. like now as a grown man, what could I actually sit through? What am I interested to sit through? Go, yeah, I I can watch the first original Ghostbusters movie is possibly the most watched movie of my life. I can watch that on any given day. I can watch it twice in a day if needed. I can watch it two days in a row if like you could throw that on whenever background. I don't give like yeah, Ghostbusters were doing it. That's an instant yes. Any time of year, any mood I'm in. Um, Ninja Turtles the movies were whack. The original movies, and you know, I mean, yeah, it's like yeah, they were hot when I was a kid, you know, you know, take my mom took me and my cousin for my birthday as a kid and we saw the Ninja Turtles. It's it, when you're 10 and 11 in the Ninja Turtles. Uh, you know, the cartoons were hot when I was a kid, but it's like now I, I'm eh, I'm not so interested. Um, and Thundercats, I mean, I ba- I barely remember. That's a little bit my older cousins were watching that. Um, it's yeah, you know, I'm not so now nowadays. I look at it, I'm like, it was kind of just part of the He-Man thing that was going on. It's I don't know, but but yeah. So so we go hard Ghostbusters first movie from both of us in agreement. I'm going to say yeah. on that, right. Nice,
1: nice. <laughs>
0: um, uh, so thank you to Extreme Death Memes. Um, check them out on Instagram. Uh, if you want to laugh um because life life, life's tough without laughter we need laughter extreme death memes thank you next another one from jimmy from the block jimmy from the block checking back in um before we now this is a hard one um also what the heck are the lyrics to aborted Christ's? do you want to field that one
1: <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i really don't know and he's uh, coincidentally, he's not the only one to have asked that. I got a, a message, maybe it was Facebook, maybe it was Twitter or X, whatever, somebody asking me about them, um, and I'm like, I'm sorry, I just don't know what they are. Like, back when we were originally um, playing music in the in the early mid-90s, I, um, I wrote some of the lyrics, but not all the lyrics, so whatever Matt says or Uh, Whatever lyrics he wrote for Aborted Christ, like, I don't know what those are. Um, The only thing I could say about Aborted Christ is, obviously, in a couple parts, he says, Jesus Christ. Um, Lyrically, that's all I know. But the way the song title came about, it was kind of interesting. I was with Matt, uh, maybe Keith. I don't know what we were doing. Just hanging out, being young, being carefree, probably going to get, like, White Castle or something in Huntington. (laughs) Um, And someone said something and i misheard them and i'm like did you just say aborted christ and they're like no but we're both like that would be an awesome song title so literally that song title came about from my um uh early onset hearing loss from when i was like 20 19 (laughs) i love that it
0: happened at white castle uh on you're talking about the one that used to be on route 110
1: yeah, yeah. Uh yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah,
0: Huntington Huntington Hills. there it sadly closed down a year or two ago, man. White Castle.
1: Oh, it did. Oh, yeah. I mean not that I go out there all that often, but you yeah. know, I don't live anywhere near there, but
0: I used to as a kid, I remember going there. My mom used to take me there sometimes as a kid, man. That's funny, man. You guys are probably going to the Roxy shows right around the same time.
1: Probably, it's probably what we were doing or or maybe there's like um there's like a guitar drum center there Long yeah. Drums. there's like a, a music shop somewhere up there
0: there's a few yeah, yeah. Were, monroe music was right there a few different places mm-hmm. uh all right yeah man um uh yeah so i when i first joined after dave taught me that the two screamed parts uh the, the kind of backup vocal scream parts that accent the the two lines uh the first the one is evil uh and then the second one is jesus christ obviously Mm -hmm. and um yeah so i am kind of uh there's a you know there's a few with those old songs there's a few things where i think i know what is being said and i kind of say something close to the pronunciation or say what i think is being said and there's a few parts where you know literally literally i'm just mimicking the guttural part and um that's a part of the guttural vocals uh dude you know and we've talked about this a little bit i think in the past but you know there's there's some bands where they do the 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 guttural gurgly vocals and there's no lyrics uh there's some people that do that there's some people that record albums and demos and they print lyrics but they didn't actually say them it's happened yeah. in the past um and there's debatable ones i don't want to get into specifics but there's some i'm not sure about i've i did do that as an artistic choice and i'm not trying to sound pretentious but on this album there were two or three parts where i specifically looked at the riff and was like when i was writing the lyrics and i was thinking about how i wanted the thing to sound i said let me just freestyle this when we're in the studio let me just freestyle Mm -hmm. a take or two and get it um and 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 i did and and it's kind of a I look at it as a, as another tool in the tool bag if a part calls for it, maybe a certain slam part or something like that, you know, where you just want, you know, I don't know. But, um, and then there's other parts where I'll deliberately write it out like a rap almost, you know, but there's all different, there's all different, you know, ways to do it. Um, So just, just on that that idea of that, I'm not actually saying all the words to the song anymore. I'm just kind of mimicking what it sounded like uh, yeah. at, at certain points, um, you know, because that's all we have. So... Uh, shout out to Jimmy from the Block. Shout out to him on that. Um, and I would just add that some of the other songs that we do from the 2014 demo um, uh, that we've recreated, th- those songs did have the lyrics. We've printed the lyrics to a few songs that Matt contributed lyrics to on the last yeah. album and on this album. So um, j- just, just to make note of that. And the final question, uh, Cody, thank you for your time. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, Dimebag Derek. Uh, checking in wants to know that he says the last three tracks on four dimensional flesh feel like they could be one long piece Were they written close to each other or is it just brilliant sequencing? So that's about four dimensional flesh, the last album before in, but not of.
1: Um, so here, actually what I need to do is like, look at the track listing. Um, Cause I'm forgetting the order of the songs at the moment. So I just want to, I'm going to bring that up real quick before i say anything i just want to see the songs was it the last three songs yeah on uh afterbirth
0: four-dimensional flesh he's talking about
1: okay so he's talking about uh dreaming astral body that's like a a shorter more sort of um quiet interlude than black hole kaleidoscope and into the final track which is the title track four-dimensional flesh um I'm having a hard time remembering exactly, like, when these songs were created. But I'm getting a sense that um, these songs, those three in particular, were written sort of towards the end of those creative sessions. Um, I don't quite know which came first. Like, Dreaming Astral Body, Dave and I wrote in his basement one night when we were jamming. Black Hole Kaleidoscope, obviously we wrote in the rehearsal room and same with four dimensional flesh. But as far as the sequence goes, I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to say it's brilliant sequencing personally, Um, but we I think as a band, I know I do, but I think as a band, we kind of struggle with sequencing um, in the sense that we want it to be like really perfect, Um, like the songs themselves have their own flow individually. They tell their story, whatever that story might be. But then from track to track, from beginning to end, it matters to me that all the songs flow and that it makes sense um, sonically, stylistically, conceptually, like whatever the concepts might be at play. Um, So I think it was really both a creative decision that worked and also maybe just a fluke at the same time you know that they ended up in that order.
0: Yeah, um I don't specifically remember the conversations around sequencing that album, but I I mean I made, don't either. based on, I feel like sequencing this album in but not of was a little more contentious. I was definitely very fickle about it. Um, we all were. <laughs> I I, <think. laughs> I you know I I, I will admit I could have been a little bit easier going about the the some of the sequencing of this album. I felt strongly about certain things, and mm-hmm. um and and you know we, we we all felt strongly about the way certain things go because a lot of these songs, certain songs relate to each other. On in but not of like um, uh, uh I'm struggling the 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 two, uh, final songs um.
1: Death invents itself and succumb
0: to life. Yes, thank you. Death invents itself and succumb to life are supposed to really be <clears throat> like a yin and yang kind of two sides of the coin thing. Those two, mm-hmm. those two songs, which hopefully people catch on to by the similarities in them. But um, uh, there's, there's, there's that. Then there's, you know, the instrumentals and how do we? There's, there's like several songs that are pretty brutal. Yeah. Um, whether it's in a more of a grind way or in more of a brutal death metal way. And then there's obviously several songs that are expansive musically. Uh, there's songs that don't have much vocals on them at all. And there's songs that are instrumentals. So it's like, how do we mix all that up? How do we, you know, make this collage of all this stuff together? It's not an easy process. So, you know, a lot, I'll, I'll just say that a lot of work goes into it. Uh, again, I wouldn't use the word <laughs> brilliant. That would be kind of pompous, but um, I, I do appreciate that, you uh, uh, you know they noticed that um, uh, that 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 some thought goes into the sequencing of the of the albums because that's that's always kind of an, an important thing. I've I've always had my own opinions about the sequencing of certain songs and maybe driven certain bandmates of mine crazy over the years by you know we get all the way to the end and the album's recorded and ready to go and then that's what Will wants to draw a hard line about you know opening <laughs> the album with whatever song or something like that but you know it's. It is important kind of. It's like designing a set list, you know. You wanna it's you know, how do you want the energy to flow? It's it's part of the curation of it.
1: Yeah. I think it's a real important aspect of songwriting and album creation that obviously I think plenty of bands fret over or struggle with. It's probably not discussed as much in general. I'm I'm sure there's some bands that they don't give a shit and maybe the fans don't notice, and that's fine. Um with me. It, it matters, and so I struggle with it in the sense that I want it to sound correct. I want it to sound fluid. Um, I'm glad that you know Derek appreciates the way this uh, the sequencing was on four-dimensional flesh. You know, I want to add, I don't remember it being on time travelers or four-dimensional flesh as much of a process. Um, for whatever reason, it just it seemed or maybe it, I have too much time behind me with it. But it didn't seem as much of a struggle. But yeah, with in but not of the sequencing was more important. So I think we worked at it a lot more. And there was some disagreements. Um, there was a I I mean, Dave and I, at least, um, we would we had like index cards, and we would like arrange and rearrange. <laughs> you know, and I would make like playlists. And oh, my god, I spent so much time. Probably too much time you know trying to figure it out but we we ended up with whatever the sequence is now and i think it works um i don't know if there's a better arrangement of songs <laughs> for for this particular album i'm 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 glad that we put in the work and i'm glad that there's back and forth discussion because it's as much a part of the creative process as is the writing or anything else
0: yeah yeah definitely man um and i you know i try to I do and so and you you and, and other bandmates of mine and whatever bands might not believe this, but I do try to step back a lot of the time. I do try to say too many chefs uh, you know, and step back and let you guys cook um, you know, especially during the instrumental process when you guys are writing the songs on you know on your instruments and stuff like that um, and just try to pick my battles um, because there's there's so many so many different moving parts um, the more band bandmates you have.
1: Yeah, I know, definitely.
0: So, uh, with that being said, thank you to Dime Big Derek for checking in, man, and that's um, the end of our Instagram submitted uh, questions, man. Uh, thank you very much to everybody for participating in this, man. And Cody, thank you for your time. I know you're a busy guy, man. Um, we just, we, you know, we've been getting. I know you have too, man. You know, we're, you know, whenever I'm networking with people on social media or emailing and doing the podcasts. Uh, people have been very gracious about having checked out the the new Afterbirth album and um, the, what they think of it and when I see people at these shows that some of my other bands have been playing the last few weeks um, so I just wanted to acknowledge uh, uh, you know th- that support and, and thank people for that and um, uh, give those people who are interested in Afterbirth kind of like a little behind the scenes chat and get you on here man and then, like I said in the future I want to give Keith uh, and Dave uh, of Afterbirth the same respect and kind of you know uh, you know, if people want to go all in and give Keith all the drum questions, let's go. I'll, I'll get Keith up here and let him go, you know, another time, man. And of course, I'm the megal- uh, maniacal, um guy up here who's going to be hosting every episode, even though I, I sing in the band. But I, I, I hope I gave you proper time. To, um, to express your opinions and perspectives on this. um And before we close out and I let you go, Cody, I'm just going to say I had you here for In But Not Of. Is there anything else you want to discuss, just like you were any other guest of the podcast, future plans for Afterbirth in terms of your writing? And, uh, you know, I know we we talk behind the scenes. I'm not sure what you as kind of like the, the head of the band want to disclose to people and that sort of thing. And if there's anything else about In But Not Of you just wanted to touch on.
1: Um, I think we talked about the album as much as, you know, I... I feel good about it. Like, there's not 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 much else to say. I mean, we could field, like, 30 more questions and have another show. But um, as far as the future, you know, I have a lot of material written. I We're starting off, again, like, blank canvas. So it's sort of intimidating. I'm almost, I'm, like, kind of already exhausted just <laughs> thinking about, like, all the work. That has to go into like doing more of this. (laughs) Um, so I'm just trying to take it like one practice at a time and just be like, okay, you know, maybe we'll have an album out in three years, maybe it'll be like four years, I don't know. Um I'm 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 excited, a little anxious, but definitely like chomping at the bit to like write more songs, whether they're more traditional or whether they're gonna go out even further um in exploratory ways um i think we're gonna just keep on with this trajectory you know i'm not gonna say we're gonna make in but not up two for the next album um but it'll it'll keep going like i don't think we'll regress we'll just keep progressing um and i guess i'll just leave it at that who knows what really the the next step is gonna look and sound like I'll just leave it at that.
0: all right man um Fair enough there's actually This is this is interesting Cody we're recording this podcast and there's some sort of a parade about to go past my house do you hear those drums
1: um I do not I don't I don't I don't have um I wish it would be ironic if this was Keith here hold on can you hear it now A little bit very very faint The, the
0: voice guy, This is interesting, dude. I'm gonna see if I can best
1: You might be able to see it. Can you hear that? I hear something. It's very faint, but maybe it's like a Christmas thing, or I don't know. Really, I don't really yeah. know. I don't see anything yet. I mean, I see. I know you position the. Yeah, there you go. Oh yeah. Okay. There's the 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 police car with the siren or the lights. That's an interesting place to have like a procession. Got a flag going on there. You got a bunch of people. You got the drum corps. All right. interesting where's santa <laughs> yeah
0: i don't know okay man um i'm sorry cody first ever heavy hole podcast interrupted by a parade right up right down my fucking street i just had to get that on i wanted to document that um i think my audio recorded that i'm judging by the screen uh so that's a little dude this is the christmas bonus episode and we got a fucking parade right through the fucking middle of it what what more could you want that's a magic moment. Um, make,
1: make sure you run out and get a candy cane.
0: <laughs> Yo, dude. Dude, I'm fucking listening to you talk, and I hear, like, like marching band, you know, drum line, drums. And, and yeah, I'm like, yeah. uh, like, sometimes we hear that from the high school, but, like, it was way too loud and shit, man. Like, holy shit. Okay. I'm sorry. That was bugged out. Never happened. Uh, glad I wasn't on on the line with, like, a guest I didn't know very well. That would have been awkward. Um yeah, All
1: good. All, all right. good.
0: Oh. All right, all right. Um I'm sorry Cody. We were, um I had I had you talking about uh the exhausting um daunting uh prospect of writing a new album uh that we were all very excited for and anticipating um uh, and and with that being said, Cody, um, uh, I, I guess I'll, you know, I'll just give you the final word here. Like I said, I want to thank everyone else for their support going forward. Afterbirth is not necessarily a band that's going to be touring heavily and extensively, but we are always open to the idea of exploring festival appearances and doing um, shows that make sense for everyone's schedule. Uh, and and uh, and and budgetary constraints and all that sort of thing, man. So you never know where, where we're going to pop up, um, and we're always working on new material behind the scenes with Afterbirth, man. Thank you, for everybody, for all the support and everything behind the scenes. Um, all your feedback is the reason why we did this whole episode in the first place, and I am going to get Keith and Dave on here in the future as well, man. So um, with that being said, Cody, I'll let you close it out, man. Any final words for the uh, Afterbirth uh, supporters and Heavy Hole Podcast listeners?
1: Um, thanks to everyone that submitted questions. It was a lot of fun to answer them. Um, I could have gone on longer about that, but obviously want to keep it concise and too, not too tangential. Um, thanks to everyone that's been listening to buying, spreading the good word about the album. It's really been, um, real heart opening experience for me. It's been pretty wild. It's meant a lot to me and the other guys in the band. Um, this has been like my own personal taste of like a success um, unknown and unlooked for. Like I could not have foreseen, you know, the album doing as well as it did. And I'm, I'm excited about that. Happy to be involved with, you know, you and Dave and Keith and writing music in this band. Um, happy that the fans are um, sort of eating it up, accepting of it and spreading it out into the world. Um, it's been great um, I'm excited about th- that and, and the future as daunting as the writing process might be I'm excited to present new material at some point whenever that might be um, so long live afterbirth yeah.
0: hell yeah man I couldn't have said it better myself uh, and uh, and with that being said we're out uh, happy holidays if you celebrate them if not uh, listen to this podcast and listen to the new afterbirth album just like any other take these.